It's dinner time on September 18th at Poi by the Pound, a spot famous for being Maui's only authentic Hawaiian food restaurant. At 6 p.m. on a Friday night, the venue would normally be packed, with friends and family sharing a home-cooked meal and a line that stretches out the door. Located just five minutes away from the airport, the place was set for success and would draw tourists and locals alike with a menu that has something for everybody, something that keeps them coming back for more. But tonight, Poi by the Pound is nearly empty. A lone family of three sits at one of many unoccupied tables eating dinner at the beloved restaurant for the last time. So leading up to this, I already been expecting it. I wasn't really surprised with the economy dropping just because of the COVID. I've been watching everybody lose their job, people getting laid off, and businesses closing. So that was Clarence Johnson Ho'okano. Clarence, better known as CJ to his customers and supporters, is the owner of Poi by the Pound and built the restaurant from the ground up with the help of his family. We've been watching restaurants close, we've been watching economies go down, we've been watching less customers around. So I've been going through my own emotions leading up to the door closing. It, it is a spiritual, emotionally, and physical battle, as well as financial. Ever since March, when the state of Hawaii was ordered into lockdown to prevent the spread of COVID-19, several Maui restaurants like Poi by the Pound have had no choice but to close their doors. Without the usual crowd brought in by tourism, and with more than 20% of the island unemployed, there have been few customers to fill up tables, even today, nine months later in December. But the impact of the pandemic doesn't stop with closing restaurants like Poi by the Pound. It goes on to hit multiple parts of the food industry. What happens to the families employed by those restaurants? The farmers they bought food from? And if farmers and restaurants are struggling to survive, who is left to feed Maui when many can't afford to buy food? The never-ending impact of the pandemic starts with people like CJ, who were forced to call it quits after spending years of his life building a business that was so much more than a source of income for him. You see, when CJ announced that Poi by the Pound would be closing, the community felt a deep loss. Many other local restaurants had closed before it, but Poi by the Pound wasn't just known for its food. It was known for its story. It all started 10 years ago when CJ and his stepdaughter Lei started going door to door selling homemade poi, a staple of Hawaiian food traditionally made by pounding kalo, better known as taro. That's where the name of the restaurant comes from. After all, it was the first thing they ever sold. And to this day, it's still one of their best sellers. But CJ never imagined that their small business would grow into a full-blown restaurant. In fact, it wasn't even completely his idea to open one. Before starting Poi Bada Pound, I got paroled in 2010, doing a 10-year stretch in prison. I didn't even really think about, like I said, opening a Hawaiian food restaurant. I didn't even know I was good at it. So somebody actually reached out to me and funded me in my restaurant because I was doing catering through Little Certified Kitchens. I was still nervous and skeptical in the beginning. I didn't even think I would get this far. From getting out of jail, to staying sober, to um, persevering, to working with family, to working with Hanai family. Hanai family means extended family. Um, going through life struggles, working with addiction and society as a whole. Everything was hard, everything. My favorite memory is the grand opening day of our small restaurant. We got ran over. Like, we closed in like four hours. <laughs> I thought I was gonna feed the whole community by myself and one person making a plate. We got wiped out in like four hours. And then I was like, this is not the job for me. <laughs> we had to change our whole strategy and our whole game plan. So that was my favorite memory because we got crushed so hard. 
I knew it was going to be something special. Either we was going to make or break. Either we was going to move forward and get better, or we just was going to throw in the towel. The rest is history. After opening that small restaurant to test the waters, CJ and his family moved to a bigger venue and hired a staff full of people just like him that wanted to turn their lives around. I helped a lot in the community. That's how we establish work furlough, job core, rehabs, malama, aloha house. I tried to work with a lot of recovering addicts. And that's what this restaurant is based on. Recovering addicts, um, change, second chance, and growth. That was the biggest task in finding everybody to work with each other on the same page. Making sure everybody's sober, making sure everybody come in work, making sure everybody honest, making sure everybody on time, making sure everybody really care about what to do. That was the hardest task, real hard. So we wasn't just a regular restaurant or any big corporate restaurant that would just hire and fire on a piece of paper. Hiring people because of their resume wasn't my thing. College degrees and experience, culinary, that wasn't my thing because running my line and my type of food, you're really not going to find that in college. There's no way. Come from heart and commitment and perseverance. The way I run business is real special, unique, and different. Not everybody cut for this job. Um, not everybody cut for Hawaiian food. Especially the way I expect our food to be nothing pre-made. Everything scratch. A lot of yelling and screaming going to our food. And say a lot of aloha and love. And that is aloha and love. Many people mistake aloha and love for being positive and nice, whatever it works for them. But for me, being strict, on point, and consistency, the yelling, the screaming, the blood, sweat, and tears that go into the food, that's real love. The business made itself after a certain point. So I coming up to 18 years clean and sober. Just the obedience of being who I am is what created this company. CJ did everything he could to make things work. He applied and received government assistance that helped him pay his employees for a while. He expanded his services to accommodate more pickup orders and adhere to social distancing guidelines. He even met with the mayor of Maui, Michael Victorino, to ask if there was anything they could do to stay open. But between operational costs, rent, paying his staff, and the steep cost of Hawaiian food, none of it was enough. First of all, Hawaiian food is one of the most hard work. And the cost of the Hawaiian food is so expensive, nobody really can afford to make it. So making a profit off of a Hawaiian food restaurant, you really have to um, move a lot of food. Running a Hawaiian food restaurant is one of the biggest overheads in any food industry, pretty much. It's super expensive, consists of pork, luau leaf, and taro, which is always a shortage. CJ's right. Taro is always in high demand, especially from restaurateurs like him who serve poi. And that's because it takes several months to grow before it can be harvested. A lot of time and care goes into growing the ingredient that everyone's after. And no one would know that better than Hokuao Pellegrino, the owner and caretaker of Nohoana Farm. I'm born and raised on, this, on our family, Kuleana land. And the, the lands that Nohoana Farm, you know, the archaeological sites that are on this land, you know, date back 500 years. Nohoana Farm has been in Hokuao's family for seven generations. The small taro farm sits on two acres of lush green land near the running waters of the Waikapu stream, where he lives with his wife and two daughters. While Hokuao isn't a full-time farmer, nearly every part of his life is devoted to agriculture. During the week, Hokuao works at a local K-12 school overseeing its agricultural education programs. 
but after work and on the weekends, he spends every minute of his free time restoring the ancient tarot patches his ancestors established centuries ago. When you ask the question about, you know, what's my day to day, it's complex because, you know, I wake up, you know, take care of my kids, get them to school, or at least one to school, one's at home doing business learning, and, you know, go to work. Then when I come home, straight to the farm. Before COVID, Hokuau had clients lined up to buy tarot from him. Restaurants, caterers, even hotels like the Andas, one of the giants of the hotel industry. But that all changed when COVID hit and wiped out his clientele. We haven't sold anything since March of this year. Yeah, right when COVID started. We would service Mo'ono with Poi. We were doing a pharmacy for a while. One of our big you know, clients was uh, Andas. They used to buy our pa'i'ai. We just kind of, you know, my wife and I and my, you know, my parents and our you know, family that's you know, all involved. I know financially, and who, we didn't know if we were going to lose our jobs too. I mean, we just, you know. But, but Noho on a farm isn't just a farm. It also serves as a learning center where Hokuau teaches the next generation about traditional Hawaiian agriculture. I'm not an educator by my degree, but both my parents were teachers. My grandparents were teachers. Education's always been at the forefront in my family. And so I've always felt the need as part of our farm program is to have designed uh, a cultural ag education program. And that cultural ag education program is called Mahia Ola. It's a bilingual program. So you know, we bring about a thousand kids a year, about 79% of those students are native Hawaiians. So all the days that we have school groups, we're not right now because of COVID, but when we do, I take off work and actually do it on my own time. You know, So we usually have one or two school groups a month come up to the farm. And we've really focused our education, our Mahiaola education program on schools within our area so that we can teach them about the resources, both cultural and natural, where they live. Up until COVID, we were at about give or take 300 students that had come already through our program. And then everything has stopped. Our numbers dropped to zero. While Hokuau feels lucky to still have his full-time job and to have received a grant from the CARES Act for Noho'ana Farm, the past eight months have not been easy. I mean, I ain't gonna lie, it's hard for us. I mean, I'm managing two two grants right now, you know, and farming and working full time and, you know, taking care of a family, you know, paying taxes and you know, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it is not easy being a farmer. I, you know, my father always told me, he's like, you know, you want to be a farmer, you gotta, you have to be a jack of all trades. You gotta know the business side, you gotta know the food side, you gotta know the health side, you gotta know the education side, financing, just all that stuff. Hokuau has only ever wanted to grow and share food with others. Even though he's making zero income from farming, Hokuau's heart is with his neighbors. Nowadays, he gives out whatever he harvests for free, because he doesn't have it in him to charge people for food right now. Not when a pandemic has left so many people in distress. Since COVID occurred, one of the things that we've been doing is all, 100% of all of our farm crops, whether it's ulu, mite, coconut, kalo, we've been distributing it uh, for free. To those in need. So we've done a little over 300 pounds of poi already that we've distributed mainly within our community. We've now given a little over a little over 2,000 pounds of breadfruit away at no cost as well. So luckily, we live in a we live in a community where we pretty much know everybody. Waikapu, thankfully, you know it's growing in size, but we my family has been here for a long time. Most of the folks that live around us are extended family, and so in April and May. We were making poi weekly, and then we just went around every Friday and just delivered door to door. As hotels and restaurants slowly start to reopen with the lifting of travel restrictions in Hawaii, many have reached out to Hokuau in hopes of buying taro from him again. 
but he said no to every single one. And we get a lot of requests all the time. I mean, weekly, like, hey, can we get Kahlo? And, and I just said, you know, right now our priority is the community and our Waikabu community. Thank you, but you know, for now, we're just going to do this. The archaeological sites that are on this land, you know, date back 500 years. Farming is one of the most rewarding things. I mean, when you get to harvest something and, 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 and see the joy of people's faces, you know, whether you're selling it or giving it away, I mean, it makes people happy. At the end of the day, that's all I want to do is, you know, make people happy with healthy food. I think it's just right, the right thing to do right now. You know, we're blessed to still have our jobs, you know, our full-time jobs. And we know that, you know, there's families and individuals that are struggling. And so we just want to, we want to do our part. And, you know, it's not a lot, you know, it's not like we're doing big food distributions and stuff like that, but whatever we have, we're, we're sharing. I mean, at some point, you know, we're going to have to figure things out. It's hard as a small farmer, you know, to not have any kind of income. But for now, I mean, we're going to do it as long as we can. When it comes to getting food to those in need, Hokuwao is not alone. People outside of Waikapu are hungry too, as more and more people have been left unemployed and unable to afford food. The Maui Food Bank has been hard at work to make sure supply meets demand. And as the only food bank in all of Maui County, the stakes are at an all-time high. Every day at their warehouse in Wailuku, staff members are sorting several crates of donations from suppliers, filling up food boxes for people to grab and go, and loading up trucks before they leave for their distribution centers. Well, for the first three months, I was working seven days a week. I still work every Sunday. Our, our staff here has overtime every week. Uh, we added one more person to our staff which has helped quite a bit. But really, the volunteers that are out there are so important to us. Probably over 150 volunteers a week uh, helping serve people. Um, Keith Wright, the Maui Food Bank's Director of Operations, has seen firsthand just how much the pandemic has increased the need for food. Very fortunate that all of our equipment has held up because we're doing four times more than what we normally do. I just did a report and in the last six months we did five million pounds. All of last year we only did two million pounds for the whole entire 12 months. So in six months doing five million pounds is quite an increase. We really pushed the produce and to see us doing close to a million pounds of fresh produce is yeah, really good. We're still doing it basically with the same staff but our distributions are what is fueling that increase, meaning we have six different distributions every month, uh, every week. Those distributions serve around 3,000 families per week. In March, when the lockdown first began, the food bank came dangerously close to running out of food. Usually they order from the continental United States, better known as the mainland, but with massive delays in shipments, the food bank decided to look inward instead. Prior to COVID, we dealt with three local farmers and one supplier. Now we deal with six suppliers and over 25 farmers. It has really increased the need to find food and to find a variety of food. With COVID, you know, you've got farmers that don't have markets to sell things. So the food bank was very important to helping these farmers along with Maui County and supporting them because we have the great need out there to feed people that aren't working and to help them through this time. That gave us the ability to support local farmers, support a local bakery by baking, you know, thousands of rolls per week for distribution. 
baking fresh bread for us you know to distribute here the vendors that we're working with they're very appreciative of us buying product like just got off the phone with maui cattle company i'm thanking her but she's thanking me so it's always this two-way street and in the 10 years he's been with the food bank keith has loved his work to him it's not just about giving out food it's about the people they're giving it to and making sure they have access to good food it's being at a distribution and talking to people that are in line and you know trying to comfort them in the situation they're in that has been really rewarding you you get goosebumps on some of the stories that you hear ron who helps do the distribution at kia baptist he's usually the traffic director he coordinates the volunteers he directs the traffic coming into the food drive he was on a website for like a neighborhood, you know, do good, you know, and, and he was recognized and he didn't know about that. Or a young girl passes him a colored artwork thanking him for, you know, putting food on their table. So there's stories like that. Keith says the Maui Food Bank is now planning for the next three years should the pandemic persist. And that's a tough thing to think about for him. Well, the hardest part going into COVID was predicting what the future was. The word was, we have to stay fluid because every day seemed to be a different day. I kind of go with what our future is, kind of getting the word from the streets, uh, getting the word from the distributions. How many did you serve this week? They're all saying that they're down about 10 to 20% because Maui is reopening slowly. We still expecting and have commitments from all of our distributions to go through the end of the year. And they're all saying, we wanna see where Maui is, where our economy is. I don't think that everyone is going back to work. So we're just kind of looking through a strategic plan that's gonna take us through March. With a large portion of the island still unemployed and food businesses still struggling to survive, Keith will do everything he can to keep the food bank's warehouses stocked and continue the work he's been doing for the past decade. Hokuao will keep giving away his food for as long as he can and stay true to his commitment to the community, and our friend CJ remains hopeful that Poi by the Pound will open its doors again. I know if this is weird, but I'm a little excited, really. Just because I know what is in store in the future and I know what I'm capable of doing. It's good to take a little break because we've been carrying this big cross on our back. I feel comfortable enough. I'm not the type to get frustrated, it's just I gotta live life on life's terms, but I have a lot of supporters. So I'm telling you in advance, I ain't giving up. <laughs> yeah. The community wants to keep it open and I'll figure out a way 